I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a nonprofit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome, that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code DOGOODBETTER, and you're set. Again, do good better. It's simple. It's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks, DonorDoc, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kirby. We talk about uh, small nonprofits doing wonderfully great things. Uh, and this show, like a couple of others, very different. We're going to actually bring in a guest expert to help our small and medium-sized nonprofit friends. It's probably a couple months into the year. You're probably either uh, looking at your goals and saying, there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to accomplish them. Or you're staring blankly at a computer screen today going, I don't even know where to start with my goals. So we got you covered today. I'm very excited about that. So uh, we have brought on a very uh, intelligent human being that's going to help us get from point A to point B. It's Sarah Olivieri. She is the founder of Pivot Ground. She's a former executive director. She's a best-selling author. She's a speaker. She, she does all the things. She's brilliant, and she's here with us. Sarah, I am so happy that you are on the official Do Good Better podcast today. It is really a pleasure to be here, Patrick, and I'm super excited to be talking about goal setting. I'm really excited about it, too. I, we talk about it occasionally when we, uh, we have some uh, guests on the show say, hey, what are your big audacious goals? And they shoot for the moon and they shoot for the stars and it's great. And I always encourage that. It's wonderful. But if you don't have a path to get there, it can be a little more frustrating than uh, it should be. So I'm so glad that you're going to be on the show. But before we get started, let's give a little background on you. Let's, uh, let's give the people what they want, which is who is Sarah Oliveri and what is Pivot Ground and how'd you get started? The floor is yours. Give us that 5,000 foot view that we all want to hear about. Sure. Um, well, I am a former executive director, program director. I've organized conferences, and I was once the first executive director, but not founding executive director, of a foundation, Ooh. which was very, very interesting to kind of be on the other side. <laughs> um, after doing that, I moved into the marketing space. I ran a marketing agency where I partnered with some of the top marketers in the for-profit space and delivered some of their juice to nonprofits. Um, as you may or may not know, as nonprofits, most of the best marketing agencies out there won't touch you um, because you can't handle the lightning speed at which for-profit marketing works these days. Um, but we can always, you know, pump some of that juice into you. But that really led me 
to helping nonprofits, both small and large, change the way they operate so that they can leverage not just the lightning fast marketing activities that go on these days, but really make an impact. Because I really believe that every nonprofit has a mission impossible. Every nonprofit's job is to innovate, to solve one of the world's most complex and hard to solve problems. And so we need to be organizations who are amazing at innovating. And the, the model we've been operating on does not work for innovation. It's like, Everything you've been told not to do are things you should be doing. Um, but because most of that innovation is connected to a BHAG, right, a big, hairy, audacious goal, that's your mission, folks. If you didn't think you had a BHAG, you do. Um, and But that's not helpful when we sit down at our desks and go, what do I do today, Pinky? You know, and, yeah. and what is that Pinky in the brain, right? Yeah. Try to take over the world. That's brilliant. Right. Yes. What does that actually mean? What email do I send? What do I do right now? Because when we're looking at a, a bazillion steps, that doesn't help us take. My goal for everybody is I need you to know your next one to three great steps. They don't have to be perfect. They just have to be great. I love it because uh, I think a lot of people resonate with this. Be, as, as you're sort of listing off the things that you have done, every executive director in those small, medium-sized nonprofits is like, yep, I do that. Yep, I do that. Yep. Because we all wear a billion hats. And, yep. and you've got to pick and choose your battles and what's going to get the best ROI of not only your time, but your talent. And I think that's really where the goal setting comes out. We don't talk about priorities. Like how do you get, you know, you sit on the first day of the week and you're like, all right, what do I need to get done more than anything else? What do I need to get done this month? What do I need to get done this quarter? So you have um, a, a really unique way of how you got to explaining or, or why you talk about goals in the first place, right? Yeah. So there are three things that every nonprofit needs to really succeed and thrive. And the amazing thing about these three things is that they work together synergistically. Um, so I'm just going to highlight those for you, but goal setting really kind of ties into one of those major three things. Um, and those three things are, is you need a, a fantastic way of how you are structured. You could think of this as your leadership model, um, your operations model, and actually branding, right? Who you are as a personality, as a person. If your nonprofit was a person, who would you be? That's your brand. Um, before any brand assets like how you dress or what your logo looks like or how you do your hair, mm -hmm. you are a brand as an organization. You are you have a personality. And because people, right, are attracted to different personalities, so who is attracted to you and how clear who you are is really matters in how you operate. So that's one of the three key things. The other thing is your strategy, your plan for moving in a very specific direction to achieve a major goal, your mission, right? And of course, goal setting has very much to do with your strategy and your plan of execution, right? So that is your plan, your roadmap, your navigation system. So that's the second main thing that you need. And the third thing is every nonprofit needs a system for improvement. 
that is always in place. You could think of this as how do we iterate, right? A cycle of iteration. How do we review what we've done, change what we're doing to make it even better, drop the things that didn't work, you know, add the things that are working or that we think we want to try. So those three things, having a great way to operate, like leadership model, a great plan for everybody to move forward on, and a process for improvement. When you have those three things, you can get momentum and you can begin to really, really, really make an impact. And without, you get to skip the overwhelm, the burnout, the exhaustion, those things go away because the truth is those things actually hold you back from moving forward quickly, right? You can't run a marathon if you're completely exhausted. Right. So we need to build into that process of improvement a, a process for you to stay rested too. So if somebody's listening to this too, they're maybe like a one or two person shop. I think, uh, I think sometimes they might hear structured and strategy and a system and already like by word two, their brain explodes. Cause they're like, I just, I just want to go and help people. Right. Yeah. And, um, how do you have a conversation with nonprofits who may not be a 12 person staff, multi-million dollar organization, or how would you suggest they start approaching this, these three things in a way that a, a, a small, intimate, maybe even all volunteer run organization can look mm -hmm. at this and go, okay, well, this makes sense now. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to tell all small nonprofits is the number one difference between for profits and small and nonprofits, sorry, is that even at your smallest level, you are an organization with many times the number of people than if you're for profit equivalent. So from day one, by law, you are a partnership of three, right? You're going to have at least three board members. And for some of you can see this, but for those of you who are listening, I want you to imagine when you go from one person to two people, you might think, oh, we've doubled, but you have not. You have tripled in complexity because you have person one, person two, and the relationship between person one and person two. So that you've gone from one to, thir to three. Now you add person four, you have person one, two, three, four. The relationships between person one and two, two and three, three and four, four and one, you get the picture. Mm -hmm. You have just gone from going from one people, one person to three people to four people. Your complexity of human network is exponentially larger. So you need this. Even, you know, your, your tendency might be to think that we're small, we're simple, this isn't for us. It is for you, the smallest nonprofit in the world with three volunteer board directors. This is for you. <laughs> well, and I, I think a lot of small nonprofits think small because they don't believe that they are a complicated structure or necessarily like that big of an impact to how many people. Like think about the impact that they make on just those three people that a one person, you know, executive director or founder has with three board members. The impact and storytelling that you've got between the capacity between you four is unbelievable more than just somebody who's sitting behind a desk and sort of uh, typing out whatever they do as a small business. This is like massive. And that's not even talking about how many people you're providing services for, for programming or whatever. And so I love that as a perspective 
because now you're 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 getting people to think about even if they think they're tiny and they're and they're I'm not I'm yeah. not playing with the big boys and girls. Yes, you are. You're doing. This is why I love working with small and medium sized nonprofits is because you get to actually hammer into their brains that they are one of the most sincerely like like powerful positive forces on earth in these small little tiny packages doing amazing large things. This is what the whole podcast yeah. is for is this. And I love the way that you frame that to get them to think about like, you're not just yourself and you're not just right. alone. And so these systems <laughs> that you're talking about, these goal settings, these structures and strategies and, and, and positioning yourself is unbelievably crucial because of the amount of people that you're touching and impacting. Yeah. Absolutely. So you need this stuff. But the other thing, maybe the really good news, which we could get into another time, is the, quote, better way, as I would say, to organize yourself is to not try to organize yourself like a machine, which so many organizations do, for-profit and non-profit. We're stuck on this thinking from the Industrial Revolution that I will be a machine and we will put everybody in order and we will produce widget after widget after widget. But that is not the way to solving your mission. It's also not very fun. But the more fun way is actually the easier way and it's the better way. Proven to be 30% more efficient is to allow your human beings to self-organize around what I call building a trellis where that you kind of have that guide for them to organize around. It's more fun. It feels better. It's more efficient and it's easier. So having sophisticated um, organizational structures does not actually have to be that hard. And one of those things, if we want to tie into our topic, is having really clearly laid out goals. Right. Because and written goals. I always ask people, do you have a clear goal? Yes. Is it written? No. Oh, you don't, you don't have it yet. <laughs> because once it's written, the magic of writing it down, which again, doesn't have to be hard, allows everybody to say, oh, we all know which direction we're going in. I mean, think about, we just had Black Hist- History Month and everyone's thinking about Harriet Tubman because of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. Think about the guiding power of the North Star. How many people, all they needed, right? A single constellation and the North Star. That like goal, follow North Star to freedom in simple, simple, simple thing mm-hmm. um, that w- became a really, really clear and like actually hugely impactful goal to get a huge number of people aligned, physically going in the yeah. same direction with minimal communication. Um, so, so that's so that's an interesting, and I, I'll, let's let's link this to maybe strategic planning because there's a, there's a difference, you know, sort of goal setting and strategic planning. And I think a lot of uh, small nonprofits think about that word strategic planning, and they're like, oh, now my now my brain, if my brain didn't explode beforehand, the thought of strategic planning as a typical like, okay, here's the three day session, and we're gonna bring this in, and then we're gonna the poster boards everywhere kind of thing, and and uh, and post it notes. They they typically don't work uh, the traditional style that you would think. I'm using air quotes for those of you who are listening and not watching. <laughs> um, they typically don't work. Why is that? And well, why is that typical of a lot of organizations where they they don't they don't quite get strategic planning or or it falls flat, if you will. Yeah, well, I can tell you, I think about this a lot, and I really advocate for a totally different way of building your strategic plans. One, by the way, in case you tuned out, can take you anywhere from three hours to a couple days, 
with your team and you don't even need a consultant to do it. Yeah. So, um, so there's it. hope. Preach. But why is traditional strategic planning not work? working? A couple of reasons. One is the model is built off um, an older time when data was hard to collect. Now yeah. data is very easy to collect. We can do it in an ongoing way. Um, so we no longer need to like stop and do extensive research to collect the data we need. We right. have data on tap more than we can even handle. So that's one thing. Another thing I really think, this was a big aha moment for me actually recently, because I'm all, like, I ask myself this question, like weekly, why does tradi traditional strategic planning take so long? Why do I talk to a nonprofit that said, we've spent three years developing our three-year plan? I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. But, why? Okay. They developed that three-year plan from the the plan they've developed three years prior to it that's been sitting on their, their shelf for the prior Probably. Years, right? It's the same <laughs> <Probably>. thing. <laughs> yeah. So another reason why is a lot of nonprofits have really neglected the full breadth of marketing, right? So we tend to call marketing and nonprofits often communications, mm -hmm. but communications is only half of the, the work of marketing. The other half is research and understanding who your audience is, whether you're talking about the people you serve or the donors, um, and making sure that what you're doing really matches what that audience wants. And I think because that research piece, especially of marketing, has just been completely underdeveloped in nonprofits as a core function, it gets punted into the strategic planning process. And if you're trying to catch up for, you know, three years of not doing marketing research and you try to dump it into a strategic planning process, not only is that going to take a lot of time, but it's also not going to work very well because we right. need to, you know, if in these days, if you wait three years, you use marketing research now and you don't update that research for three years, it's like outdated in a couple months. So you yeah. need to have that, this ongoing process of marketing. So those are the two top reasons I think that strategic planning um, takes so long. I'll throw in a third. I think that um, actually that there is a, a lot of nonprofit leaders, right, come to nonprofits not because they're like, I'm going to have a career and be a nonprofit professional. They're, you're <laughs> in it because you're heart-driven for the mission that your nonprofit has. And so there's a lot of self-doubt that kind of creeps in. Like we couldn't sit down and know what we need to do. We have to hire a consultant to tell us what to do. But I'm here to tell you that the answers are in you already. You just need a system for pulling them out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's getting, getting closer to what we're talking about, which is goal setting or whatever. But how do you, how, how do you get a, let's just say you've got a couple of old guard uh, individuals on your board who love the idea of the, multi-day, you know, multi-week, let's go do strategic planning, but you're trying to get to goal setting, right? This is a, this is a goal setting, not strategic planning. You've got your vision, you've got your mission, you know where your North star is. You just want to set some goals. How do you transition or what's the conversation you have with maybe board members who um, are hesitant that there's not a larger or broader plan when you're trying to get some of these goals to accomplish for the year? Yeah. Well, I think it really depends on, you know, the dynamics at play right now with your board. Um, but one thing I like to tell boards is, listen, like we are in the digital age. Things are moving way faster than they used to. Nobody denies that. Like, <laughs> and no. as a board, you're, because you have to act as a group and you're typically volunteers, you can't move that fast. 
So you really need to shift the, the bulk of goal setting and plan creating to the role of your executive director and their team. Um, because they, it is their full-time job and they are getting paid um, and they are hopefully they're getting paid. Uh, but even if they're a volunteer, it's their job and they can move that fast. Right. Um, so if you want to move forward and you're not going to reach your mission, if you don't move faster, you have to shift it into your team. So that's one way you could approach it. Um, there's lots of other ways. Um, you could certainly make a financial case for how much you know money you are dumping down the toilet. Um, I figure my program, which one of my programs, which costs about thirty-two hundred for a whole year, is the equivalent of well over forty thousand dollars worth of consulting, which isn't actually going to help you anyway. Um, so there are better ways of doing this, and I think just very few people sit down and say yeah. to themselves. How do I make a nonprofit run better? So yeah. there isn't a ton of information out there, but as soon as people start to hear it, they, they kind of get it. They're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. I love it. All right, well, we've teased everybody long enough. And I think that's a great setup because you know you kind of talk about what you need. Is These are the three things you kind of want to uh, get your brain wrapped around. This is different than strategic planning. This is kind of how you move people along. Goal setting, I think, is really important. We teased it at the top of the show, which is you're probably a couple of months into your fundraising year already. Might have had a big event, great end of year. Uh, you're coming up on that second quarter, mid-second quarter, and now, now all of a sudden you've got some issues, or you're not like feeling really clear about where you're going to go, or we need a total rewrite, or you might be just gearing up for a summer, uh, summer on. You're at the end of fiscal year. Let's talk about goal setting. Why is it important? And then how is? Let's just start very basic and high pie in the sky kind of stuff, and we'll work our way down. Goal setting from a uh, your point of view, why is it important? What what are we doing and how do we start? Yeah. Well, it's it's super important because it creates focus, right? If you're not focused, you are just entropying off like extra energy and time and money that's just going out into the ether. And right. I don't think any nonprofit can really afford that. <laughs> so it provides crucial focus, not just for you. But the other thing it provides is alignment for your team, whether that's your employees, your board members, your volunteers, even for your clients, um, and definitely for your supporters. Um, it, so it creates something to gather around. Hey, I want to get on that boat going to this destination. That mm -hmm. is a really important destination. And yes, I will work with you to go in that direction. And the more clear you break down your goals, and I'm going to teach you how to break them down in just a minute, it helps everybody know exactly, not just be able to say, I want to go in that direction, but then also be able to say, I can help with that specific thing. And then you're no longer, have you ever had the problem where like people are saying, I want to volunteer and you don't know where to send them? Right. Here's a great example of that machine leadership versus mm -hmm. um, letting people self-organize. If you don't have your goals easy to communicate with everybody, you're the sole point. You have to be able to put a volunteer in a spot. Or if you don't have time, you don't get volunteer <laughs> doing anything. Yeah. Um, but if you have it laid out in a way that you can just share with them on paper or in an email or on a screen, um, then the volunteer can say, Hey, I want to help. I'm amazing at this thing that you're working on. Stick me there. And all you have to say is, awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> Get started. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to figure out where to place them. So alignment and focus, I think, are the two most important things. Outstanding. Um, 
about why it's important. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, we're going to process because we like talking about process here. We like to, tangible things to take away too. And I think we're, yeah. we're always, um, I think there's enough information out there to drown you on the internet and in every book that's in the corner of the earth. Um, but we like frameworks and we like, we like things that we can accomplish the very next day. So if you had some advice for us, uh, we're yeah. small, we're medium-sized nonprofit, we're going to get some goal setting. What are some of the ways that you can help us set goals um, that gets some clarity for all of our confused uh, folks listening going, ah, here it is. I'm going <laughs> to, pens that are ready. We're all ready to go. Okay. Pens ready. We're going to get super specific and we're going to add in the show notes a link to a toolkit that's going to lay out with a, with some templates for you everything I'm about to tell you. Nice. So if you're in the car or you're like, it's too much too fast, you have a resource that's coming that will lay it out for you. So, and uh, by the way, I used to be horrible at setting goals. So um, this is for you if you're also feeling like you're horrible at setting goals. <laughs> so the first thing you need to know is there are really two different types of goals. There are outcome goals, things that happen as a result of your actions, but you don't actually have direct control over. Um, so if you want to make a person's life more fulfilling, you can't just sprinkle some fairy dust and put on life's more fulfilling. You have to do certain things, but at the end of the day, you don't actually have direct control over that. Um, a tricky one, uh, outcome goal is that, um, often we say, oh, I want the donor to give me money. Um, or I want to raise the, here's the language that gets really tricky. I want to raise more fundraising dollars, right? So you can't actually just um, raise the dollars. I'm raising my fists. Up they go. No, you actually have to convince another human being to hand their cash over to you. <laughs> it's in their wheelhouse, not yours, to actually give the money. Um, so that is an outcome goal. So I want you to remember in your head, so the first thing you need to get really clear on is what is my outcome at the end of the day. And if you're spinning your wheels, having way too many tasks to do, sit down and look at your tasks and ask, ask yourself, what is the outcome that, I, that this is connected to? Um, so that's one way you can kind of peel through things. But if you want to just start fresh and just be super efficient, if you're like, I got to throw this out and start again, forget everything you're doing, set your outcome goals, and then put everything back in that still fits and leave everything that didn't fit in my gift to you, the fireproof waste basket, where you can let all your unimportant fires burn themselves out. Um, and people will be like, oh, it's burning over there. You'd be like, I know. I put it there. It'll burn Beautiful. out. That's yep. in the fireproof waste basket. <laughs> um, so outcome goals. I'm going to break outcome goals down into two types for you, two subtypes, because this can really help you move along your way. One type is, um, I call them impact goals. That's my term for them. These are things that you want people to do or feel, um, action, or sorry, actions you want them to take, things you want them to do, or a state of the world. You want to be a new way. Like we want the environment clean. We want this river clean. Um, and then there are perception type out outcome goals. And perception goals are how you want people to think or feel. Um, so what you want people to do or a new state of being you want, and then perception goals, how you want people to think or feel. And the reason why I bring them up is twofold. One is oftentimes you have to get a perception goal in order to achieve an outcome goal. 
So I need you to think that you trust me before you'll follow my advice. <laughs> um, so that's a good example. But whenever you hear perception goal, whenever you're like, oh, this is a perception goal, you should be like marketing, branding. Those are the two main things your organization is going to do. If it's service oriented, there's two other professions that tend to deal with perception goals. And those are um, therapists. They change the way you think about things. And um, comedians and actors, performance artists, uh, visual artists, musicians, they tend to really be in the business of impacting the way people think or feel. Um, but typically, if it's a business setting or nonprofit setting, marketing and branding. You'll be like, oh, we need marketing and branding, marketing and branding. We're changing the way people think and feel. So those are outcome goals. Once you have those, you're going to take each outcome goal and you're going to identify the one to three, maybe it's five, but not too many, execution goals. Now, the research nerds call these process goals, but I didn't know what process meant every time I said it, so I changed the word to execution goals. This means something that you can directly execute on, that you can do. So if I want people to show up to my meeting, that's an outcome goal. I'm going to have free food because everybody knows that attendance will go way up if I have free food at the meeting. Um, so that is my execution goal. So you'll need to think carefully about, you know, what are the main things that you can do to achieve your outcome? And then I have a third subcategory for you. If your execution goal is kind of big or might have multiple people involved, um, break that down into an action set. This is like a task list. What are the things that need the main big item things um, that let's say they can be done in a couple weeks, right? If it takes a whole year, it's too big. Break it down into something that can be done within two to four weeks. Put it into a task list and make sure one person owns the to-do item, right? Multiple people might help out, but only one person can own the to-do item. And so once you've done that and you'll see in the toolkit, and this is how we do it in the impact method, mm -hmm. we build a mind map. We start with the mission at the center. Mm -hmm. Then we branch off the core outcome goals that the nonprofit is working on. And then we branch out from the out outcome goals, the you know one to five execution goals that they're going to do. And then each execution goal becomes a task list. And we only make those task lists or action sets for the things we're ready to do now. And that's where a little prioritization with your goals really comes into play. Now, are you ready for my super complicated three-part prioritization process? I think we build, we've been building to this the entire okay. show. And I'm <laughs> it still, is. I, I've got to the edge of my seat. I'm now up to the You're edge. You're ready. <laughs> we're gone. Best prioritization process ever. Mm -hmm. Do first, mm -hmm. do next, and build capacity to do. <laughs> what? That's it, people. <laughs> no, for what I want you to do from the old strategic planning days is forget about the timeline. Mm -hmm. Because some goals naturally have a long timeline, like mm -hmm. replace my 20-year-old roof, my 20-year roof yeah. um, that has a 20-year lifespan. And some have a really naturally short timeline, like our building burned down and we have to do something like now. <laughs> um, so we have to move our program now. I did a study abroad program in college. I was supposed to go to Zimbabwe and the government collapsed just before we left. So they had to move the program <laughs> now. Very short timeline. Um, so, but just think about what are the things I can do right now? I have the capacity to do. 
what those are your do first. Your do next are the things that you could do now, but will be even more impactful if you wait, or it's just too much to do everything at once. So usually do next are great, like we could do it now, but if we do a do first item that kind of works as a building block, then our other thing will be even better. And then everything else that's a good idea, but you don't have enough money for, you don't have enough time for, you don't have enough staff for, you have to wait for a grant for, um, those things are your build capacity to do. And I want you to know that they are now on your shelf, on your list of build capacity to do, and you're going to ignore them until you have that capacity and you'll come back and check on those goals to see if you're ready for them yet. I love it. Okay, so I've got an example. I want to see if I'm, if I'm, if I'm tracking you're going to be right. my uh, you're going to be my professor and I'm going to bring everything sort of back onto the fundraising side and I'm going to use your goals and your uh, your goal setting piece and see if I got it right. So I've got an outcome goal. I'm a small nonprofit and I want to raise more money for a specific program, right? That's right. my outcome goal. I want to raise more money for this particular program. How I'm going to execute this is field activity because I can't control when somebody donates to me. I can't control how much they donate, but I can control how many times I meet with and have conversations with my donors and supporters, right? Yes, correct. My, my action list and the things that I'm going to do that I need to get done is I need to figure out what their phone number is. I need to make those phone calls and I need to develop the talking points that I'm going to get to a meeting so that I can get my uh, field activity to then set up the time that they're going to give me money for my organization and my program. You have gotten it perfectly. And what I love about your example, ta-da, right? One, do you now have it? Do you know what you're doing tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go build yes. my, uh, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> so you now can forget about for a few, you know, for a few weeks in the impact method, we forget about our outcome goals for 60 days and then we come back and look at them. Right. Um, but we check in on our execution goals every two weeks. Um, but in our, in the day, if it's not the two week check-in, we just have a laser focus. We don't get distracted. Everything else. Yep. We'll put it on the list for later, but I've got my two weeks planned out. <laughs> um, so one, you have your to-do list and two, you know, sometimes when you do this, it might start to sound like, wow, that's a lot of work, right? You listed, I have to make a plan for what I'm going to say. I have to find the phone numbers. I have to actually make the calls. Well, folks, that's what you're already doing. And that it's really important not to underestimate how much time that really takes. Because every nonprofit I know, every nonprofit person feels like a superhero. And we think we can do more than we can. And what happens when we put too much on our plate or on our boat is we actually tend to sink our own ship, sink our own productivity. So it should feel like, wow, this is a lot of work when you actually break things down because that's your cue to say, don't add any more to my plate. That's all we can do in this chunk of time. I feel like everybody has a giant collective sigh of relief as you, if you just wrapped up that thing, because I think that's one of the main issues in burnout and in sort of uh, these unattainable, unachievable goals that sort of leadership or board of directors put on us because they don't understand the amount of work that we're already doing. And then they layer on top of all these other things that we're just, and we never know the priority, but somebody in leadership said that we should do it. So we probably put that to the highest order, even though that has nothing to do with what we're going to get done the next day. Like, it's just complicated. This really, I think, simplifies a lot of 
what we can do in the time we have with the talent that we've got in the room, regardless of our size, scope, and scale. And I think that's such a wonderful thing to just sort of, ah, I, this is doable. This is attainable. Yeah. These are goals that I can that I can make and, and start planning around my week and my last two weeks or my 60 days or however it is. And again, like uh, Sarah said, we're going to link in the show notes directly to a document that's going to help you organize this as well. And thank you very much for this. Our listeners and our viewers would uh, very much appreciate that. And um, I think this is going to help a lot of people sort of breathe a little easier today and uh, sort of again, replay this over and over again. Just, you know, make sure you flag this podcast and come back to it. (laughs) And just remember that this is going to be a okay in your Zen like state uh, there as well. This has been wonderful. I, I just I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. And and here's the thing, folks. We're going to have Sarah back for a couple of other topics. We're going to talk about budgeting, some budgeting stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a, like some marketing things. So don't think you've heard the last from our friend uh, Sarah Olivieri because she's coming back very soon. But I want to thank you for coming on the official Do Good Better podcast. This was wonderful and uh, delightful. How can people get a hold of you? They love the, your voice and they love the things you're saying, um, how can people get a hold of you or how can they find you on the interwebs to uh, track you down and stalk you and give you high fives and likes on all social media things? How can they contact you? Yeah, so home base, of course, is our website, pivotground.com. Um, and if you go there and you're like, oh my God, maybe Sarah can help me, you can apply for a free 45-minute consultation call. Um, these are jam packed with, we will get clear and you will leave with your one to three next steps from that call. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, just look for pivot ground or you can search for me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Technically I'm on Twitter, but I don't really tweet that much. So don't find me there. Um, and, um, whichever way you reach out, I would love to hear from you. I love talking to nonprofits. Uh, a fellow nonprofit and uh, organization nerd like myself. Uh, we appreciate those kind of guests here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you so much. And again, I will put all this stuff in the show notes. And uh, please reach out to Sarah uh, and A, thank her for being on the show. And then B, reach out to her and, and pick her brain and, and see if there's something that you guys can work on together because you'll be a good fit. I really appreciate it. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. This was wonderful. And we're so lucky to have you as a guest expert here on the official Do Good Better podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.